Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. I'm Jonathan Hessen, and this is TV7 Times Observer. Joining me all the way from the United States of America is my dear friend, brother in Christ, and uh, uh, co-host of this program, Mr. Amir Tzalfati from Behold Israel. Amir, how are you today? Shalom, Jonathan. I'm doing great. Thank you. Praise God. So how about we open with prayer, dive into the word of the Lord, and continue, uh, as uh, uh, you may recall, the previous program, we discussed multiple angles to the current uh, times that we're living in and receive uh, perspective from a biblical viewpoint mm-hmm. to yeah. the developments at hand. So, please. Father, we thank you that you are the uh, Aleph and the Tav, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And there is nothing that happens in this world that is beyond you or above your control or out of your sight. And Father, we, uh, we know that there are things that you allow to happen for a reason and for a season. We ask, Father, that you will continue to give us the hope uh, of our salvation and uh, the, uh, the, the much uh, comfort that we need. So we will be able to comfort others with that same comfort. We thank you that uh, we know the end as you proclaimed it uh, from the beginning, and, uh, and we know that you are in full control of everything. We thank you and we bless you, and we ask that this program will give glory and honor to your name, and we ask that in the name of Yeshua, Jesus. Amen. 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 Before we uh, enter into our... So I'm reading, I'd, I'd like to encourage our viewers, this is a second of a two-part uh, program, this one specifically. So I'd like to encourage you, if you haven't watched the first part, go ahead, watch it, so you can fill uh, up on the perspective that we already discussed in this uh, previous program, and this is going to be a follow-up to that one. So, uh, Amil, uh, prior to the program, you suggested Psalm 2. How about Correct. you open in uh, Hebrew reading and I'll follow up right. in English. No problem. So Psalm 2. Lama ragshu goim uleumim yehegurik yitietzvu malche eretz veroznim nosdu yachad al Adonai veal meshicho nenatka et mosroteimu venashlicha mimenu avoteimu yoshev bashamayim ishak Adonai laag lamo אז ידבר אלינו באפור וחרונו יבהלמו, ואני נסחתי מלכי על ציון הר קודשי, אספרה אל חוק. אדוני אמר אליי, בני אתה, אני היום ילדתיך. שאל ממני ואתנה גויים נחלתך, ואחוזתך אפסי ארץ, תרועם בשבט ברזל. בכלי יוצר תנפצם, ואתה מלכים השכילו. יבסדו שופטי ארץ, יבדו את אדוני כראה וגילו ברעדה, נשקו בר פני ענף ותובדו דרך, כי יבער כמעט אפו, אשרי כל חוסי בו. 
אמן ואמן. אמייזינג. Why are the nations in an uproar and the people devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his appointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, You shall shatter them like earth and uh, earthenware. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment, take warning, O judges of the earth, worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son that he yes. not become angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. Are we not blessed? Uh, if that's not a messianic psalm, then I don't know what it is. I mean, you, you, not only you see here the plan of God, but you see Jesus himself speaking. Uh, speaking uh, uh, he says, the Lord said to me, uh, you are my son. And I, 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 you know, I, I, and I have begotten you. These are the words we all know also from the New Testament that took place. We can see that God's answer to the rebellion of humanity is the Messiah. And uh, we, we, we know that he will rule. Look, Daniel chapter 7, Revelation chapter 4 and 5, he, he will rule. And you better understand that and, and belong to him uh, or else you will be severely judged. I'd like to take the other perspective. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. Praise God. Yes. Amen. Amil, this last program we spoke about multiple things. Of course, I haven't forgotten Habakkuk 3, verses 2 to 6. We'll get there. But we were speaking about the fact of the matter that the United States has... lost in light of its disengagement from Afghanistan, its pullback, its retreat. Every narrative may define it differently. But ultimately, they left in order to redeploy, reinvest its funds in order to contend with China within the context of the great power competition. Now, specifically, from a biblical perspective, many alliances are being built. Many things are occurring around the world, including in the halls of power of Israel's strategic cushion, as it's called here in Israel. Mish'enet ha-strategit uh, uh, is the military term in Hebrew, which ultimately stems not from its actual strong power, its military, its capacity, but rather the American people are currently fatigued 
from war. Mm. The people uh, reflect on the government. Now, it doesn't mean that our dear brothers and sisters in Christ in the United States do not understand the necessity to stand up for America, but ultimately, as it is interpreted in the Middle East, countries in this region are looking towards the United States and are ridiculing it. They're doing whatever they want because they do not believe that Washington has the political capital, the political will, or the backing from its allies and partners around the world to engage in yet another conflict in the region. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, uh, let's make it very clear. I don't think there is a single American that uh, had a problem with the decision to pull out of Afghanistan. I think that even previous president, uh, President Trump, made it very clear. We need to be out of Afghanistan. We're wasting time and money and power for, for no reason. I mean, that's uh, we need to make sure that the, the two sides, the Taliban and the Afghan uh, government, will somehow learn to live together. That's that's not what I'm talking about. The, it's the about decision. the manner in which it happens. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's when a president shows up on TV a couple of weeks earlier and says, we are going to leave by the 31st and we are absolutely convinced that the that the afghan army is trained equipped and funded well enough to withstand uh, the taliban and within let's say say 2 hours uh, everybody could see that it's it's the opposite that's the problem the problem was the arrogance in which uh, things have been done and and that led to a sheer a collapse within a matter of hours and days that took everybody by surprise on the ground and and that created embarrassment after embarrassment after embarrassment. Now, having said that, again, let me make it very clear. I believe the United States military is strong. I believe that America is still the number one superpower when it comes to strength. But I believe that in the Middle East, and it's throughout history, you can see that, Perception is a great deal in decision-making. And right now, America is perceived weak because America could not even... Look, think about it. The, the President of the United States told the Prime Minister of Israel the, um, in that recent visit, I will make sure that Iran will not have nuclear weapons. Now, he just said that a few days after he said, I will make sure that the Taliban will not take over the, uh, Afghanistan and look what happened. So how in the world can anyone take those words to the bank in a way? But with that being said, and, uh, I, you know, we're Israelis. We've experienced plenty of disengagements and disengagements usually don't come over well. There is no picture of victory when you disengage oh, from I, a territorial I section. I agree with you. This past month, uh, we had the the so, opportunity of hosting, as part of our program, TV7 Watchman Talk with Amir Oren, the former Israeli prime minister, who was also chief and staff and defense minister, Ehud Barak, who was responsible as prime minister to the disengagement in 2000 from Lebanon. During that time, and I'm, I'm drawing here an analogy. During that time, the Palestinian misread Israel for being weak, for being perceived as weak. So they launched 
a war on Israel, a jihad exactly. for Jerusalem. What happened? And they they and were right. destroyed. They were destroyed, but a war took place. Indeed. See, that's my point. My, it doesn't, I'm not saying that eventually somebody is going to lose here. I'm just saying it will trigger a war. And this is the biblical perspective I'm trying to lead us mm. uh, now to. A war is looming in the Middle East, and it is a biblical war, and Ezekiel wrote about it. Now, at the end of that war, will Russia, Iran, and Turkey win? No, they will be destroyed by the Lord, by the way. But they will feel emboldened enough to start that war. That's my point. Your analogy is actually perfect, because the perception led to a war. Eventually, they lost in the war, the Palestinians, of course, but they were sure enough that Israel is weak enough to allow them to start a war. And that is where I'm going. The perception is that America is weak. The perception is that as a result, America's allies are now leaning on a, a broken uh, uh, Cain, as the Bible says. Which is quite interesting what you're saying, because during the, the meeting between uh, the, the incumbent Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett and uh, the American leader Joe Biden, uh, there was, in their discussion, Bennett sought to encourage the uh, uh, American president by saying, we don't want American boots on the ground in Israel. We will fight our own wars. Yes. Meaning that even if something like this happens, stay in America. Don't come yeah. to our aid, but it's give us the tools to deal yes. with our issues, yeah. deal with but, our challenges. Yeah. Both you and I know, and let's be realistic, um, what we did in Baghdad with the Osirak uh, uh, nuclear uh, plant uh, could not be repeated in today's uh, situation in Iran. It's a we different. We literally story. just hosted at the same Watchman yes. talk the person who struck the Baghdad. Yeah. Uh, and so, what I'm trying yeah. to say is that the Iranians are very smart learners mm -hmm. from everything Israel did in the past. And there is no way Israel can ever destroy the nuclear program of Iran without America, period. If somebody thinks it can be done without America, it's not going to happen. Why? Because the, the only country in the world that has the capacity, the power to destroy such a, a thing that is so, so spread out and deep under the ground is, 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 is America. Of course, if Israel wants to do it, it can, it can try, but in collaboration with America. Now, what Bennett just said is basically, we are not asking America to help us, but, but in reality, um, Israel will not be able to destroy Iran's nuclear program without America. Everybody knows that. So my, my point is this, and let's, let's, let's go back to the wider... I, I actually contest that statement. Um... I, I'm not privy to all classified information. Thank God I wouldn't want to be in that position. With that being said, uh, I know from firsthand Israel does have the tools to root out this challenge for widening the gap of breakout, we call it. But uh, it will no, take we, we, between look, so two far, to three weeks yeah. to execute, which means that in order to execute a strike on Iran's nuclear installations, 
which would then delay its capacity and make it irreversible, meaning it needs to start from zero, this would take two to three weeks and consequently would trigger a regional war like no other. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we don't have to agree on everything. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, knowing what I know about the Iranian program, I, uh, I doubt if we can do it alone. But I can tell you, regardless of that, whether it, it is or not, I can tell you that um, Israel is being perceived weak because of the American weakness that is being perceived, and that will eventually trigger a war. And remember, remember, in the scriptures, when we read on the Ezekiel account, it's not that Israel did something to someone. They actually, in fact, who is leading this whole invasion? It's Russia coming all the way up from the north, and God puts a hook in their mouth and, and brings them down. So it's not per se, and I would, if I would keep my, my biblical goggles on, I would look at Damascus more than anything else. Because the minute Damascus, according to Zechariah, we know that Damascus will come to an end. It will cease from being a city. The minute Damascus will be out, it will be a good enough reason for all those players to come against Israel. Because think about it, all of them have something to do in Syria. And so I, my, my, my understanding is this. I don't know. I'm not a prophet. I don't know who is going to attack who and when. All I know is that eventually there will be a coalition that will come from the north, um, led by Russia. We know that Persia will join, which is Iran. We know that Gomer and the House of Togarma will join, which is Turkey. And they will also use their proxies in Libya and Sudan. We're not sure. So the Bible says Ethiopia, but Kush in the Hebrew is more of Sudan of today. But the point is that I'm trying to make is Israel will have to be attacked and the bottom line, by the way, Jonathan, is that it's not the Israeli army that is going to win the war. It's going to be God who is going to supernaturally intervene in order for these uh, enemies to come uh, to a def complete defeat. So, um, I mean, I, I'm like a spectator from the side looking at what the Bible says and looking at what is going on around me. Uh, and again, there could be alliances and there could be things that are happening right now between countries. And that's all great. But bottom line is Bible prophecy is all about what these countries are going to do to the people of Israel and to the land of Israel. And that's what, I, what I'm looking at right now. And so the Afghanistan chapter in my mind, and by the way, by December 31st, America should leave Iraq as well. At least that's what they said. And that's what the Iraqis are expecting now also. So whether it's going to happen or not, God knows. All I know is that uh, there is a greater expectation for more American retreat from, from the region. And the more these things happen, of course, Iraq is a different story, but the more these things happen, the, the, the more um, Israel is on its own. And, and when Israel is on its own, it's when the mice comes out of their holes. 
And, and we see that with the emboldenment that I see it in among the Palestinians, and they're much more emboldened now than before. I see it in, in the way Hezbollah is talking, in the way Iran is talking, in the way we see the rhetoric has changed dramatically over the last few months. And uh, all I can say is that I thank the Lord that he is going to intervene and uh, that they're going to be defeated, thankfully. But it will not be thanks to the Israeli military might. It will be thanks to the might of the God of Israel. I can add that the sands are shifting and the sand is blistering hot at this stage, and that's for sure. We have about seven minutes, give or take, uh, to the end of this program, and I still would like to ask you about Habakkuk. Yes. Uh, or Habakkuk, I don't know how do you say that in English. Habakkuk in the English, Habakkuk. Habakkuk, okay. <laughs> so Habakkuk for us, um, chapter 3, verses 2 to 6. If you would like to join us, would you like me to read this? In, in... Um, I can read it if you want in Hebrew. Whatever you like. Okay, so 2 to 6. Yes. Adonai, Adonai, shamati shimecha. Ireti Adonai Poalcha Beker of Shanim Chayeu, Beker of Shanim Todia Berogez Rachem Tizkor, Eloha Mitaimanevo, Vekadosh Mehar Paran Sela, Kisa Shamaim Hodu, Vetilatomala Arets, Venoga Kaorti, Karnaim Miadolo, Vesam Hevion Uze Uzo, Lefanavia Lechdavar. ויצא רשף לרגליו, עמד וימדוד ארץ רעה ויתר גויים, והתפוצצו הררי עד, סחו גבעות עולם, הליכות עולם לא. אמן. So starting at verse 2, chapter 3. Lord, I have heard the report about you and I fear. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years make it known. In wrath... Remember mercy. God comes from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His splendor covers the heavens, and the earth is full of His praise. His radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from His hands, and there is the hiding of His power. Before Him goes pestilence, and plagues come after Him. He stood and surveyed the earth. He looked and startled the nations. Yes, the perpetual mountains were shattered. The ancient hills collapsed. His ways are everlasting. First of all, Teman, when you read in the English language Teman, it actually says Teman in Hebrew, which means Yemen. I don't know why they didn't translate it to Yemen. Um, but that's for the translators to explain. Uh, what does this tell you, Amir? Yeah, you know, uh, Jonathan, in, in, in the books of the prophets, there's always, always dual meaning. There's the meaning of, of, of the things that happened during the time of the prophet, and there is the futuristic meaning to all that God is doing with his people throughout history. You see the same thing with the prophet Joel. Joel spoke of events that are going to take place at his time, but he also prophesied things that are going to take place at the 
tribulation time, the seven years tribulation. So there's always that dual meaning of those things. We see exactly the same thing here with Habakkuk, speaking of things that happened to Judah at that time. But also, if you read carefully, you see, in, in, especially in verse, in verse uh, 2, uh, you see the, um, O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid, and O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath, remember mercy. These are amazing things. I mean, uh, that you can clearly see that God is talking uh, regarding his work, not only with Israel, but with his uh, kehilah, the church, and uh, in the individuals, of course. The work of God is always, um, never ends. He's always, he keeps working. And we see that uh, all throughout scriptures. God is not, our God is not some, someone who did something in the past and now we just read about it. Our God is a living God and he deals with us every day continually. It's not, it's not something of a past event. That's why, by the way, God uh, had no problem giving us... Th- all, 27.8% of the Bible is future events because God says, look, I'm God, there is no other, I'm God, there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. God declares the end from the beginning because he is still at work and he knows what's going to happen. And we can clearly see that um, wherever you are not expecting him to come from, he will come from. I mean, let's face it, Jonathan, we talked about it before. Would you expect God to show up from Yemen of all places? Mm-hmm. But, but that's the point. God is the, the, the God of the universe. And if you think that Yemen is a desert and there is, you know, even God is not there, guess what? He is even there. Mm-hmm. And he can even come from that part. And so we clearly see the sovereignty of God throughout this. This is a beautiful portion of Habakkuk. It's, by the way, this, this prayer of Habakkuk, it's a prayer. It's not just a scripture, it's prayer. It's titled and as Tefillat Habakkuk. Exactly. The prayer of Habakkuk, yeah. Exactly. It's a prayer of, of Habakkuk. And we can clearly see that in that prayer, uh, Habakkuk is talking about the majesty, the greatness, and the omnipresence of God um, from everywhere. And... Uh, it's just beautiful, and and you, you can I could sit here now and talk with references from Old Testament and New Testament forever because all that Habakkuk is praying about here can be found all throughout the scriptures. Amen. And unfortunately, we only have thirty seconds left to today's program, so you'll have to keep those references to another time. But Amir, thank you so very much for granting us some uh, enlightenment regarding the Word of uh, God and. His word is everlasting, okay. and, and through his word we can know uh, that he prepares us for Amen. the times ahead, and as such, we need to thank him for it and praise him for being a good father, as simple Amen. as that. Thank you so much, Amir. Safe travels. Looking thank forward you. to seeing you again in uh, Jerusalem very soon, and I'd like to thank our viewers as well, and we will see you next time for yet again TV7's Times Observer. Shalom. Shalom. 
Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.